What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Presented by Curry.com. I'm your host, SJ, and it's time to get it on. Welcome to the Friday bonus episode, everybody. Um, If you heard on the podcast this week, I will be doing this for three weeks. Um, I'm trying to get myself in the um, readiness to start doing this radio show with Jason Thierry from the Gig Economy podcast, as well as uh, um, the two guys from TNC Radio in Houston, so... Uh, we will do more on that um, next week. I'll give you a little more information on the regular drop. But this is a bonus episode. There will be one next Friday, and there will be one the Friday after. And then after that, on the 17th, we start the radio show. And uh, it's a call-in show, and we'll give you all the information on that. But uh, this week, um, not going to do any news on these. Just going to do some interviews that I've been wanting to play. Uh, and so... This week, we have Kelly Coghill, a Philadelphia gig worker, um, app-based on-demand platform gig worker, who um, has been doing rideshare deliveries, all of them, through the pandemic, before the pandemic. He's been driving about five years. I'm going to bring him on and uh, then come back on the other side. By the way, um, do not forget to look in the show notes and sign up for Curry. Drive with Curry, people. Um, it's a day gig, uh, it pays well, and, uh, you don't have to load anything or unload anything, but let me bring Kelly on and I'll come back on the other side. So today I have a guest, uh, driver, um, Kelly Coghill. He drives in the Philadelphia Metro area. Um, and, uh, first of all, Kelly, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Um, so Kelly uh, had heard some of the uh, previous podcasts that, that we've done and uh, sent me an email. I talked about it on a, a podcast or two ago, how, you know, I, I was glad that I had found somebody who was um, saying it the other way that I was, because I've really felt like, you know, between Para and Rideshare Rodeo and Uber Lyft drivers, I talked to so many drivers and it's, I know a lot of them aren't back or they're still in delivery or whatnot, but even the ones who are, were, have just constantly been feeding me. And again, it is a market to market thing. And I talked to Kelly a little bit last week uh, about this and he, he saw the market to market thing too. I mean, it really, this is one of those illustrated points about what we're going to talk about today goes to prove some of the earlier podcasts we've talked about where market to market is imperative. It can make it can make and break the difference of doing this. But um, he was actually able to say that he is making more money uh, during the pandemic. And Kelly, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you're you're he he drives uh, X. We're going to talk about Uber right now specifically. Um, I think he drives multi platforms, but 
we're going to, we're going to focus on Uber, but, um, so you drive X and you're, and the rate, uh, the rate pre, um, pandemic to what it is even now, not during pandemic all the way after now, like two years later is the same rate, right? Correct. Per, per mile. Yeah. 69 cents a mile. Okay. So, cents a minute. so, okay. So we're exact. So we're dealing, when we start talking about this, we're dealing with the exact same numbers as pre pandemic to now almost two years later, kind of coming out of the kind of coming out of the pandemic, I guess. Um, and so when we're talking about this, we're dealing his, his rate did not change. The Philadelphia rates for Uber X did not change. These are the same ones. And yet, unlike most of the drivers I talked to, he's out there driving like a lot that I talked to and in their markets, it's still very rough. He's making more money. He actually sent me a really long email and a spreadsheet. And, uh, I don't know. I want to give him a chance, first of all, just to say hi and, and kind of talk about how, you know, Kelly, did you dr- like, did you drive during the pandemic too? How often, when did you, if you didn't, when did you come back? And, uh, w- just what have you noticed on the road? When the pandemic first hit, um, things went way down. I did a lot of work with Instacart at the time before they added their 300,000 extra shoppers. And I was doing quite well with Instacart April, May, early June last year. I told my wife at the time, this is never gonna, this is never gonna last because I was making 250 to $300 a day doing Instacart. And like I said, I knew that wasn't gonna last. Were you getting the uh, big cash tips in Philadelphia like like many cities were? Occasionally, but I was just really, really picky on the on the uh, on the batches that I took. Uh-huh. Uh, my criteria was: I'm looking for a dollar an item, and I wouldn't go into a store for less than twenty five bucks. Okay, and that, that's how I did that, and that started to go down July last year, and I and I had always been doing Uber and, and Lyft pretty much on the side while I was doing all the Instacart, but starting in July last year, um, business came back uh, for rideshare. And I was, since since July last year, I pretty much did full-time rideshare. I added delivery, DoorDash, and Uber Eats late last fall. And I kind of fill in with them. Um, Uber Eats also because when Uber's running a promo or a bonus quest, mm-hmm. uh, the Uber Eats counts just as much as a regular ride. And I, like I said, I'm picky, I'm picky on the deliveries. Um, right. Prior to the, uh, prior to the pandemic, January, a- February, March last year with Uber. Okay. So that, 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 that's what, I, that's what I was going to clarify. So you were, you were rideshare driving before the pandemic, before you were doing Instacart. Oh yes, absolutely. Okay. Cause yeah, when I talked to you last week, I also probably forgot to point out to people that like me, uh, Kelly's like, um, a five year plus veteran of rideshare. So he's kind of right up there with me as long as I've been doing it almost. And so I wanted to point out, cause a little part of that sounded to me like, um, you were doing Instacart and then you got into rideshare. I just wanted to clarify with people that you have a lot of rideshare background. I have 20,000 rides total yeah. over a little yeah. over five years. 
Right. So, I mean, he has a lot of pre-pandemic. So hopefully now maybe we can move into the numbers a little bit and you can explain to us, you know, is there any, and, and also if, when you're, when you're telling us how the money's changed, if you could like, are you driving in different areas? Are you getting surges? Are you, are there any factors that are are helping, even if they're even if that doesn't change the fact you're still making more? Are there any factors that you weren't seeing before the pandemic that are helping that pay amount? Well, starting last summer, the the, the surges went way up, way up, um, yeah. And in from January through through June last year. Uh, I was making uh, doing ride share. I was averaging gross per hour twenty five to twenty eight dollars an hour gross. Even like uh, end of March and April. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. like here in Denver, it was if you. I mean, it it almost happened on the day, like the day yeah. the CARES Act passed. You literally could turn on your app, and there was no riders. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing at the airport, nothing. The airport queue was empty. Yeah. Um, and everybody I know that did rideshares switched to delivery like in days. They were deploying to all of them, and if they already weren't, and just immediately going for that because there were every time you'd turn it on, you could unlike now, if you turn it on in Denver, you'll have a ride in ten seconds. Yeah. But then you couldn't find a ride, and when you did, um, I wasn't doing rideshare at that time because I I had had a major asthma outbreak too, but. Um, and I was just being extra careful with everything going on. But most of the people or the few people I knew who were still driving here in Denver, most of the rides were to hospitals and it wasn't necessarily sick people. It was getting doctors and nurses there. And we have a lot of learning hospitals. So people are always visiting. And with COVID, there were a lot of people, a lot of doctors out here. Um, and so a lot of the trips were to hospitals and, you know, that was just making me nervous because even in March, April, we, we had no idea about a vaccine, you know, in 2020, we had no idea what, what was going on and they were still just taking all these people to the hospital. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's, <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, like, I guess it didn't slow down in Philadelphia, you know, like, but that's another thing that, Okay. It's, it's slowed down, and which is why I was doing the Instacart for a while. But starting in July, it really picked back up. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure when ours did. I think it was somewhere a little later summer. So okay, so maybe we could break it down in the bigger number first, like just on an average. Maybe let's try and exclude thing or you know night before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving yeah. week, and Christmas and weeks that might bring whatever are big weeks in Philadelphia, kind of try and leave those out just on average pre pandemic. If in, you might have to do this in your head, if you were working 40 hours a week, um, just doing ride share, whether it be between the two or just Uber or what, what, you know, what difference are you, you can either say it in, in two amounts or like what kind of percentage difference are you seeing if you work those same hours now in pay? In fall of 2019, I was averaging 25 to $30 an hour gross, roughly $1,000 a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, um, the last four or five months, I have been grossing at least $40, $40 an hour. Wow. Uh, so you're looking, you know, 15 to $1,700 a week gross. 
so how, hours. so I know that like when I said it on the podcast that, you know, here's how I said it. If, if people listening right now did not hear when I was talking about this, how I said it, and it's based on, you know, a lot of, you know, me that, you know, I do all this work, but then I do a lot of para work too. So a lot of my para work is just talking to drivers around the country. I'm the advocate for para. And I just, I talk to them. I talk them through things. I help them out. Um, and, uh, literally, I mean, nobody that I know of is making those kind of numbers. Some people are doing a little better in markets. Some people are doing awful in markets still. Um, and if I buy awful, I mean, they're working their tail off. They're running more gas and they're, they're always busy, but they're still making the exact same rate, which isn't quite the rate you make in Philly. Um, and you know, they just, at the end of a the day, they feel they've been telling me, no, I'm making more money. But I also, when I, when we get to, you know, are, you know, and they're like, my day's going by faster. So that, that's a tip to me that usually if your day's going by quick, you're pretty busy. That's how my quickest days went by is when I'm constantly busy. So when I said, are you getting downtime? And they're like, no, you know, did you used to have downtime? Yeah. So now you're not getting any downtime. Your car's running all the time and you're getting the same pay rate per mile. So it does probably mean you're making a little more, but you're also spending more. But for you, that's a pretty big difference. So how do you equate that? What I'm getting is for June, July, or May, June, and July, Mm-hmm. With quest bonuses and consecutive streak in, in consecutive rides with Uber, uh, just in both, just in those alone, I made over six thousand dollars over in, in three months, wow. May, June, and July. Wow! And that That's... was with 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 weekly and weekend promotions of four to six hundred dollars for sixty to eighty rides. Right. Um. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's, it's just crazy to me because even if, uh, hold on one second here. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, how do you, how do you equate that? How do you equate the, the non-change in rate and how you're earning? I, I just, it's, it's such a hard thing for me to wrap my head around, but I've been wanting to this whole time. I just haven't had a driver who is doing it. The extra, the extra weekly and weekend bonuses for for volume, and there's been a lot of surge, which is just this month beginning to come back down some because there seem to be more drivers in the market. So that's what happened here too. We had, and when our surge came back, because rideshare had been so dead in Denver, and yet we're one of the bigger rideshare cities, like. A lot of people here, we have a high demographic of people who are 25 to 35. And a lot of them don't own cars. They live in condos and all the hot stuff being built on town. And we've got the trains and stuff and it's, they've got bikes. We just kind of live like that out here and they use us all the time. And there was like, for a while, there was no need. So when the riders came back in droves and it wasn't like an equal leaning, leading up to it, um, the drivers came back very slowly. In fact, they're still not fully back at all. I mean, there's not, if I turned on my app right now, it would start beeping immediately. Yeah. You know I mean? I, I wouldn't even, if I turned it on in my house while I was like, just put my shoes on, was grabbing my coffee to walk out the door like normal, I'd be already getting a, a ping by the door. You know, it's pretty amazing how quick you'll get one. But like, um, 
when they did bring it back here, we had the multiplier again, which I thought was crazy. Like when I was turning it on, I was like, whoa, the multiplier's back. And I'm like, Friday, Saturday night, it was getting up to like four times. Wow. We never saw was, that. We saw the sinking surge. Okay. Yeah. And then we, and then, it, and then it just went to flat rate, you know, and I figured what that meant was I figured it was all volume based. Like we have so little drivers bring back the, the multiplier okay, that's going to bring a bunch back. And then, okay, now bring back, sir, get rid of the multiplier, bring back surge. We're starting to get more drivers and then keep the surge high. And then, okay, we're getting more drivers, bring, keep the surge, no multiplier still and lower the surge again. So I feel like they're like, you know, making their way to, that was like their net of getting people back in. Yeah. But still, I just, you know, even here in Denver, we did, we went through all those stages and I had people who waited till it did happen like that, where the surge was back in a multiplier to go back on the platform. And for a couple of weeks, they were doing numbers like you, and we usually make really good money driving out here. So that was still pretty, that was better. But once the multiplier went away and it was just the flat rate, all of a sudden they seem to be just making the same amount an hour, maybe two to $5 more, but they were also spending that money on gas and time. I mean, they were, everybody I've talked to said, I don't have a down second. Like even like some of the areas where we're in, you drop people off normally here in Denver and you can't, and you can't get a ride and you know, you at least got to go back four miles this way or that way to get into a zone. You'll get a ride. You would drop off and get your next ride almost like you would downtown. You'd be picking it up before you dropped off in the same area where yeah. we know you'll never get a ride because of the lack of riders. You could be anywhere in Denver, turn on, you're going to get a ride. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like once the multiplier went away, I feel like people started getting back to that same earnings area. And even if they were, let's uh, just to keep it low, let's, uh, let's say they were making 25 or $26 an hour before, but they had, you know, an average of uh, 12 to 14 minutes without a passenger per hour where they were just idle. Um, now they've lost that idle time and maybe they're making 30. So that's $4 more an hour. It's still, a, it's still more, but they're burning some gas. And I just, your numbers are, I mean, are amazing. And again, we talk about market to market so much. We had an, we had an episode, I don't know if you heard it in April, um, where we had on like four other people who do podcasts, four other podcasters I know who are really good, who do the gig economy in all different ways too. And we were all on here and the whole topic was market to market differences. We're each in different states too. And uh, it was a really good conversation. And, and that was, you know, how, how, you know, how are we doing with even the deliveries during the pandemic market to market? We were trying to show people the differences, but what you showcased to me in your email and, when we talked is that you're making a huge difference of money. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing 12 to $15 an hour gross better than I did before. My expenses have gone from say $9 an hour to about $12 an hour, but so what? Right. And I guess that's something else to note too, that I forgot about that when you and I talked, your gas went up, but to the listeners, his, so Kelly's gas was, you know, somewhere on the high end, I feel like pre-pandemic, and now it's somewhere on the low end of what it could be during the pandemic. Because here in Denver, 
we when he told me what he was paying for gas pre and now it was crazy because we were paying less pre than he was pre but we're paying way more now than he is we're almost paying twice as much for gas out here um so you know i'm paying roughly 320 a gallon right now yeah but you but again you were paying two something i think if i remember right before so like the that change was a change but to me we were paying a dollar 79 and now we're paying three something yeah you know, I mean, if once you get to 358, you know, or whatever, you've now doubled the amount of gas. So we're actually pretty close to doubled. Yeah. We're, I, we're nowhere near that much. Right. And I mean, I guess that like also, you know, you were paying more gas then too. So that was a much littler hit to us out here in Denver. That's a, that's a big difference when you start paying twice as much for your gas. Absolutely. I mean, because just if you want to, instead of thinking of it per gallon, you know, we all know our cars, we all know how much gas the tank can hold when you get to completely empty, even though most of us don't like to get down that <laughs> low. But I mean, like if you do and you roll in kind of thing, you know, with a full empty tank, usually if you've had your car a while, you know, this is going to cost around this. You just know it rolling in. Yeah. And that's a big, that was a big eye opener when that number became double. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, I'm going to pay $27 for this, $54. You know, that's just ridiculous. And I drive a Toyota Avalon with a straight gas engine, which if I get 22 miles a gallon for a full tank, I'm really doing pretty well. And again, another that's a perfect other example of market to market, too, that um, sometimes I don't hit on enough, but I have talked about it, is that and I've been to Philadelphia, but I'm try- I don't know like your driving area. But a lot of cities, um, when you're just busy, you're not having to go that far, and you're still making a good rate, <clears throat> uh, and you're getting around a little bit easier. Some cities are too spread with too much gridlock, um, and I know you guys have a ton of traffic and stuff, just like every big city, but like not like in LA. No. You know, and in L.A., we know that rideshare drivers can't make anything. I mean, they're just dying out there um, and they keep onboarding more and more and more. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's partially what it is, but for whatever reason, it seems like all the markets I've talked to, like you're now telling me about the Philly market. And it seems like Philly's almost begging for people to come there. I mean, that kind of money on X, that's. I mean, I don't, I, I was using the 40 hour example. I don't know how many hours a week you do try and work, but it seems like if you were one of those guys who puts, who occasionally puts in a 60 hour week, you could just rage right now. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I can't say that for every market though. I've talked to some markets where I wouldn't even try and go do ride share right now because I, I would do it if, you know, if the money got so good that it was just not, able to pass it up right now i'm doing other gigs and i'm working directly with curry so because they're my sponsor for um a few months i'm going to actually be doing um a, pro- a thing where i'm actually like taking on that role and working the platform and reporting back to people on how it's working too and i told them that was part of the deal so that's that's pretty cool that we get to do that yeah um you know that i'm, I'm still you know i have my sponsorship but i'm going to be able to try out this platform and 
you know, I told him I'm an honest person, so I'm just going to report back honestly. So I won't obviously say anything rude or anything, but I mean, like if there's an issue, I'll, I'm going to say it or which platform was that? Um, it's Curry. I can, I'll send you a link. Cause I have a yeah, sign up link it. that, uh, doesn't, it's not for money for me. It's just, it, it just, uh, um, helps these guys see, you know, what we're bringing in. So I have a unique link. I'll send it to you, but they get, you basically send your, uh, you just, I'll send you a link. You put in your phone number, they text you, you download it. And, uh, it's delivering, um, materials to construction sites, or just even houses that are doing work. So it's like that last mile delivery service, but you're, you can do it in a car, a, um, you know, a Prius, you can do it in a pickup truck. Uh, you can do it in uh, a semi truck. You can do it in a van, whatever you have, they'll accommodate <laughs> yeah. you in rides. And when you get to the location, it's hands-free that when you go pick up, they load it all into your car. When you get to the site, they unload it all. So none of that's on the driver. Yeah. You know, and they pay pretty well. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just waiting for my security clearance right now and I'll be out there doing some, but um, yeah, I'll send you a link. Cause then I've been posting them too, because I think it's uh, something that all of us gig workers have started signing up for all kinds of platforms. I mean, we I all think it's really important that everybody has alternate ways of, you know, the uh, alternate means of income when one, when one gets shut off, um, I did a background check from Uber it took three or four days and they, you know, they, and I didn't know that was coming and they shut me down for two or th- for three or four days while they were doing that. Um, so you never know when something like that's going to come up. Absolutely. And, you know, um, like my friend, I have a friend in Connecticut who, if you live in Connecticut, you can drive a couple other States too, the way it works. So, um, but and he had a, he's like one of the, has the most rides under his belt. Great rating. Um, he's Spanish. His first language is Spanish. His second is English. He's pretty good at English though. And uh, he had a background check and he drives every day about eight to 10 hours a day. And I'm talking six, seven days a week. Yeah. It's very rare. He takes a day off. He's, he's, uh, he's very dedicated to doing this. He had a background check that took two and a half months. Jesus after all these he's worked from the platform as long as me six seven years yeah and it took that and he was you know doing everything he could um but he doesn't like driving lyft this was with uber he drives he he only does ride share he doesn't do food and all that but he had to go back to driving with lyft wasn't making enough money called uber every day kind of thing and they were kind of going through the i don't know i don't know which leads me to oddly people when i talked to kelly last week we were gonna just talk about the fact of how he's making more in his market. Um, now, if you, if you, if you, if you're thinking that, well, this guy might just be making up these numbers. First of all, um, he provided an Excel sheet that I looked at again, you could say he could be making those up. He didn't, but I think that we can square up this story with you because something interesting happened last week and luckily it got fixed for him. But uh, last week, Kelly was deactivated from the Uber platform that he's so talking good about right now. So I think that kind of speaks for itself, but um, do you feel comfortable talking about that a little bit and what happened? Cause I think my listeners would like to hear, even though because it's happened to a lot of them, what happened to you in different ways. Last Friday, the weekend before last, the week before last on Friday afternoon, 
Uh, I had refused to pick up a woman with two small children. Uh, or I had picked her up and taken her to the daycare, and she came out without with, with two six-year-olds in the car seats. Um, and I, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania law says they have to be in a booster seat until they're eight years old. Correct. And I got to, well, all the other guys do it. And I said, I'm not all the other guys. Well, that's something else I'll push on because you don't take kids without car seats. I, but, happen, to, I happen to think a lot of those people just say that, too. I think yeah. I think most people don't take them. <laughs> I think in Philadelphia they do. And oh, I, really? I, do they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyhow, uh, we had a very fairly strong discussion, and I had tried to push her pack that she had in the back seat out the window to her, which she pushed it back in and kind of slapped at me while she wasn't going to let me push her stuff out of the car. Um, eventually. She did. Uh, I called it into Uber as a uh, that the rider had made me feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. And a couple hours later, I got a notice from Uber saying that my access to the platform was blocked while they investigated it. This was on Friday a week ago. Uh, on Wednesday, I got an email from Uber saying that because of my safety violations i have been deactivated and (laughs) before you even go on did you have other because i i mean i've had uber like you know i've had the years ago had the your you know you're shut down and it was like for a day it was almost like a slap on the wrist punishment like you can't work anymore tonight go home yeah and but you still freak out you call them and then they say you know finally like okay you'll be back up tomorrow it's like a timeout almost from a company that doesn't even employ us that shouldn't even be allowed. But, um, you know, I've had that happen to me. Have you ever had those run-ins with Uber before or do you have a perfect? I've never been, I've never been blocked from the platform before. Even temporarily for a little no. time. No. Okay. No. Other so than, never, other never than blocked no. before. So this is the first complaint on a veteran driver that's done near 20,000 rides and they tell him he's deactivated. <laughs> so I'll let you take it from there because I think that it even gets to. To be honest, I'm happy for you what you told me today before we started this call. But I think the listeners need to hear that too because I think that's just it. Just shows how ridiculous this gets. So then, two on Saturday afternoon, I get a call from Uber support from the gentleman saying he's investigating the incident. I said, "What?" I've already gotten an email from you guys saying I was deactivated. And he's looked, he told me, well, I'm looking at your account and it just shows you're blocked. It doesn't show you're deactivated. He said, wait a minute. So he comes back on and he says that that email, the deactivation email was sent in error. And would I go through everything with him? which I did. We spent about 30 minutes on the phone. I told him exactly what was going on. I had sent him dash cam footage. So he had that also. But let's, let's, people, let's know. I mean, what, what Kelly did here, you should always do. But there was a thing established a while back where um, I would have to find the article. It's on Uber Lyft drivers. And I'm going to have to think of what I'll try and put it in the show notes because it's going to take me a minute to find the keywords. But not too long ago, about a year or about a couple of years ago, not too far before the pandemic, um, Uber stopped accepting 
dash cam footage unless it needed to come out in a court of law because there was something about if they had seen the footage, it put them in a worse place uh, to have to deal with the scenario. And I can't really, again, it's, it's like trying to understand why, because there's less drivers, they're charging passengers 250% of normal rate. It just doesn't make sense. But I know that, you know, I know that they've done such things and I know that, you know, I know that they really don't. I'm, I'm really surprised. I guess you would have had to have heard Kelly in my conversation last week. I'm really surprised they put him back on the platform because when I talked, when I spoke with him last week, um, it seemed pretty, he seemed like this isn't going to work. And I, you know, I, I, he was, had already reached out to legal rideshare and I put him in touch with Bryant at legal rideshare and they talked. And I think even Bryant kind of said, I'm not sure this is one that'll win or whatever. Is that correct in saying That's that? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that happened and then he still calls and all the, and you know, he's just getting somebody on the phone, which we all do. And that could have gone any direction. That could have been somebody who just was in a bad mood and said, yeah, you're deactivated. Click. Even though they're being listened to from time to time. But I mean, somebody took the time. He got a good agent and said, wait, I don't. And so when somebody says, wait, I always know that they're looking at something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And that always freaks me out, especially with these Uber type phone calls when you have to call support and you're a driver, because I mean, if somebody's saying, wait, that's your livelihood. Yeah. You know, this, this, you know, it's one thing that these apps kind of, I mean, they don't control us. You can turn off at any time you want. So you're in control of yourself, but there are some tactics that they try through these algorithms to try and get you to stay on the road, to try and get you to get farther from your house. So you take a few more rides. Um, but you know, it's, it's just crazy to me because it, it's, it's almost like the algorithm fires you too. Well, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I, I was very unhappy last week. Yeah. And I'm not, it's not so much that I'm, and I'm not defending Uber here, but I've worked my entire life with, you know, in, in at will positions and I could be fired for any reason or no reason at any time. I was in the automobile business. I sold cars for a long time. Okay. And, and Uber, you know, Uber isn't any worse than a car dealer. I'll tell you. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> so I don't. They're not any better either. No, they're not any better. <laughs> but I wasn't looking for better. I wasn't really looking for better. I know. Um, but the one difference I see here is like, I guess you're like a perfect example of what I'm about to say. So you've done 20,000 rides. I don't even need to know your rating. Cause I just, from what you've told me, you have, I don't even need to know the number, but I know it's probably a good one because you haven't even had a run in with Uber and you've done that many rides. So sometimes people get unlucky and somebody just calls in to try and get their ride for free and then says it was all the driver. And literally for no reason, a driver has been, you know, kicked off the platform that hasn't happened to you. It hasn't happened to me, but what's really scary here is that a mistake almost costs you your livelihood. Yep. Like a mis- not even a mistake that like, Oh, you did this. We've wrote it down as this. It was a mistake. It seems like that they 
literally the input was done incorrectly, which could have been done in the Philippines by those call centers that don't even know where any where Colorado or um, Pennsylvania or anything are. You know, as far as they know, they're like, I think those are places in the United States. You know, a lot of times these people don't have a clue where we're calling from. Yeah. Um, and literally, you know, all it takes is somebody with a bad keystroke, perhaps hitting a function seven instead of a function six on when they're filling out a report and it makes you kicked off the platform. You know, and I mean, like, that's what could have happened. But literally, it almost costed you. I know you have other gigs, and that's why we always recommend to people, sign up for all the gigs. You know, you never know. You never know that, like, if you're like, well, that one sucked. You never know that that one doesn't start rocking and that something, like, happened to Kelly happens to you, and you get kicked off the one you love. Now you got to quickly scramble. You don't just want to have – you don't want to have no apps in your pocket other than the one you like to work, and you don't just want to have one. You want to have a few because, again, we're talking market to market. So DoorDash might suck in your area. Uber Eats might suck. Grubhub might be the ruler. Or Grubhub might be the worst, and it might go the other way. So you need to have all these in your pocket, especially when you – because all of us primarily like to work one. You know, Even when we multi-app, there's, there seems to be, from conversations I have and my feelings myself, there seems to always be – a pulling towards one, even if they all kind of pay the same, you have your reasons. You just like one app. People try and stick with that. And even when they're multi-apping, they'll, they want the calls to come through on there, but if they don't, they'll take the others. But I mean, you, you know, had you not been signed up for other platforms and had this not resolved itself on Saturday, you could have found yourself in a really sticky situation. Yeah. I mean, yes, you could have started applying for these, but you would have had to go through background checks and, this and that. And then you could be talking two to four weeks of no money. Easily. You know and I mean? So it's pretty amazing that you got fixed. Kelly and I were joking when I was talking to him last week, just kind of getting our bearings down before we did this. Um, you know, it's, he's as much of a veteran driver as me. I can't believe that he doesn't have one scar on his record. And these guys kicked him off the platform. I mean, Guys, I, I don't understand. You know, again, first of all, if Uber is so low on drivers, why can't the call centers here in the U.S. when there's a discrepancy where the not a discrepancy where Uber's looking at giving five dollars back to a customer or something over something, even the company's like, this is dumb. I'm just going to give you the five bucks, but I hate your argument. But when they're looking at kicking a driver off the platform, I, I, I don't know that this is the solution, but there should, if the rider's making that big of a, of a statement that's going to get the driver fired, I know that a company wouldn't want to do this to its passengers because it's, it's another thing they'd have to do and it might upset them, but this is somebody's livelihood. And I think this, when it, when it comes to the fact of whatever customers saying is going to cause that driver to be deactivated, I think that that agent or an agent in a supervising agent of that agent needs to get a phone call right then with the passenger and the driver on the phone. Re I'm not even convinced that they ever even talk to the passenger. No, I mean, I think, I think it, I, I, from, from, from talking to the guy on Saturday, it, it that was the first time that anybody had looked specifically at it. I, I that's, 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 that's <clears throat> it's really odd. Um, I have a number for Uber and for Lyft uh, 
because it, I've done so many rides and I've had experiences with both. And for Uber, it a couple times, but I have their safety line number, which is almost like Uber's 911, but it's a customer support too. I can't tell you how many times I've given this out to people who are like, no matter where they look, they find other phone numbers. But this one answers. Like this one, you get a human <laughs> in the US who's like, Uber, who, is this a passenger driver? What's, what's your name? I mean, they are professional. They take it out of the gate. They just don't have a lot of people that work in that. And you never can get that phone number unless you're kicked up to there. But I've posted it on Twitter a couple of times. If people ask me, I give it to them. Yeah. Um, because it was me going through a couple of scenarios that got it for me. And now I don't even bother with all the junk numbers. I just call those, even if it's not an emergency. You know, if I need something, I just call that because it's like they're critical hotlines, but I don't care. It's the only way to get somebody real on the phone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it's pretty amazing that the, that in your market, you're making, you know, 150% at times more than you did pre-pandemic because it's, again, I just said it's pretty amazing. And guys, I mean this. It's pretty amazing because I really have talked to a lot of people who are just now getting back to, no, I'm making what I was making before the pandemic, maybe a little more. Really? Okay, good. You know, and, you know, same, you know, you're getting paid more. Well, yeah, because I'm making a little more. Okay, but you're getting paid more. Well, what do you mean? You're, you still have the, you're still driving the same amount you were then. No, no, no. I, I, I don't ever stop. It's ride after ride after ride after ride. And I'm like, well, then that needs to be looked at if you're making more or not. You know, because yeah. if, if, I mean, for you, it doesn't. I mean, you still have to break down your numbers, but you even showed me you already do that. I always worry when people don't really understand the financial fan, financial part about all this and putting your stuff together and look, really looking at it and understanding how much you're making. Um, when I first, when, when I first start, when I first started, I had been selling cars for a long time. Mm -hmm. I've been involved in a local courier business. When I started driving, I, I, I didn't have any surprises and I knew how to figure out whether or not this was going to work. And I've checked it and it's, it, it works for me. Yeah. It works for me too. I just, I just know that if I went out today and you know, I mean, we're a little different, you know, I've been doing it a couple of years longer. You knew I have a, a few more rides under my belt, but really at like the point you're at, I consider us about, you know, we've been driving about the same. And if I turned on today, I probably wouldn't make, and, and again, Denver's one of the best paying markets for rideshare pre pandemic, even when, it, when they'd go through their worst slumps in most markets, we would do pretty well. And I couldn't make as much. If, if you and I picked three shifts this week, you told me three days and three four-hour shifts, let's say, just four hours to compare. And we both went out and worked those 12 hours that week. You, we would not have the same amount of money. You would, you would be making a lot more money than I would in that 12 hours. And I know how to bust it. And I know my city. And I know how to... I, I would make more than the other drivers here in Denver. But I couldn't make more than you with what you're making right now. And again, I think that just goes to illustrate... With Denver being in always the the top ten rideshare markets for even how drivers get paid, which is always a complaint, um, you know it's pretty crazy that I can't go out and I, I couldn't crack, you know, in on UberX I couldn't crack forty forty five an hour right now here. 
and I mean, you're getting, you're getting way up there sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, that's even saying like the, the better of the shifts on any given shift, you know, I've always had my pars of what I need to make a night, what I'm trying to make an hour. And I always know this. However, um, I just know like on, let's say a Tuesday, like tomorrow, if you and I both pick to drive, I don't know what you'd make, but I would probably just make around what I used to $25 an hour. I would, I won't drive on Tuesdays around here. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday, whatever. Yeah. Th- yeah. I know. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying like a, a, a not Friday, Saturday or yeah. Sunday day. Cause you live in a city where a lot might be going on on a weekend too. So yeah. even Sundays can rock, but so not, not a weekend and not a Friday, any other day. I think yeah. you'd make, I think you'd probably from, from what you've told me and what I've seen with, with your, your amounts, I think you'd make approximately $10 an hour more on any given type shift. Yeah. And that's just, and I know again, folks, he does, Denver's still paid pretty close to that, but um, I, I did have to look, I thought it was in the high fifties. It's been a while since I've been out for rideshare, not delivery or any of those, but just rideshare. And uh, I had to look and we're at 62 cents. He's at 69. We're at the same uh, minute quote, but I mean, he does make a little more now. 69 cents to 62 is one thing, but a lot of you drive like in Omaha, Nebraska, it's 52 cents a mile. You know, I mean, these, again, this is a big market to market difference. Cause if you don't think 52 cents to Kelly's 69 cents is a big difference. It is. Oh, it, Seven, it certainly is 17 cents on every mile he's driving. He's getting more than another driver. Sure. But it probably also, you know, we also have to factor in it probably costs a lot more to live in Philadelphia than Omaha. So, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's the same as Denver when I talk to people from Idaho or Wyoming. You know, it's like, you guys, what do you pay for rent? And they tell me, and and I almost want to move up there just for that reason. They're like, I don't make as much. I only make this. I'm like, I'm like, well, what do you pay for rent? And they're like, they tell me their living expenses. And I'm like, I would make what you're making with those living expenses. Yeah. You know, so you got to weigh it too. But at the same time, um, a lot of drivers and myself have been looking for our people making more in this pandemic. And it's, I'm glad to hear that, that you are, I'm glad to, cause I think there's other people that are about to start emerging and hopefully we'll hear from them as well. Um, please people reach out. Cause I was really happy when Kelly reached out to me at uh, uberliftdrivers at gmail.com or go to uberliftdrivers.com and you can hit contact and contact me. But um, I'd love to hear your story if you're in another market and you're making money because all I hear all day from talking to drivers is we're not. We're working more and maybe making a little more. But when it, at the end of the day, when we're shuffling through everything to see how we did, it's kind of the same because we had to spend more in gas, this, that, the other. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. And I'm really glad to see your back. So I have to take that as meaning without the surge that your market, like others, though, even the big market of Philadelphia does not have rideshare drivers back in droves yet. They seem to be coming back, but it's fairly slow. I mean, you know, I guess the, the way that I check right now, it's, it's probably pretty sad. I, you know, cause I'm not driving right now for rideshare anyway. Um, just the rideshare platforms, other gig stuff. But so if, if I just turn on my apps though, if I turn on Uber, I might see flat surge, which tells me, okay, they're pretty busy, but I always can scroll over to Denver international airport and check the staging lot. 
And that's always a good sign to me because from five in the morning till 10 at night, I know how many cars are in that queue. It's usually 150 to 200 between Uber and Lyft. Um, and so when I see 10, <laughs> I'm like, the drivers are back. No, you know? I mean, that's a, that's a really way that I can check. I don't know if in every market people can do that, but we have a, a huge airport out here. Um, you know, and it's, I, I don't know. I, I just know when I see the, the staging lot empty, it's not that there's no call for them. I've seen the staging lot have zero and I've seen the airport surging very few times in the past, but it, lately it surges a lot because they're just, I mean, there's people, I've even had people come to visit um, and you know, they're, and they call an Uber or whatever to get here to my house. And they've showed me screenshots and it's like, they turn on Uber, they turn on Lyft to compare the price. They go back to Uber. The price goes up. They go back to Lyft. The price has gone up. I mean, these apps aren't stupid. They realize you're, you're checking between the two. So when you go away and come back, they're re, they're re-upping the price and the wait times. And then they offer you, you can pay more to have it quicker. But then I've had friends pay more and the driver cancels. So they are now still locked into this rate and they're reassigning a new driver to them. And unless you want to call about that $8 more you spent and try and navigate the Uber system of getting somebody on the phone, it's just not worth it. And that's really sad that in, in, with this company that they just make it so it's not worth it. Like, eh, just don't make it $200 difference. If it's eight, they won't call and bother us. Like they just, if you paid $8 more to get a quick ride and that ride's coming and it cancels, and then you go back to having another 25 minute wait, that money should be refunded. That difference in the fare. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's, it drives me nuts that they offer these things. And then if you don't get them, it's like, Oh, we tried. Well, why do I still have to pay for it? Yeah. But, um, I'm glad you're doing a lot better, Kelly, than, than many drivers out there. And I hope that gives some drivers some hope because a lot of people have told me, you know, like, I don't see rideshare bouncing back. Everybody's going to stick with delivery. I mean, people have to, you all have to remember that, um, delivery has been killing it, but honestly, and I don't mean this mean, I think that it's not going to drop too hard or anything, but I think it's reached its peak. I don't think we're going to keep seeing it bombard, like it has, because at least here in Denver, I'm starting to see people go back out. I'm starting to see people picking up their own food instead of just dashers running in and out. Um, and so I'm, I'm starting to think people are going to be back to rideshare because everybody switched and there's 1.4 million door dashers in the United States. So how can they keep up enough business for all of those dashers? They can't. You know, and I know a lot, I know most people on these gig platforms work 25 hours or less a week. I do know that. But at the same time, a lot of those people need those 20, 25 hours because the other income they make isn't enough. They need, it's not supplemental just for fun. It's supplemental to live. Yeah. And, you know, these, these, these markets will come back people. I mean, people, I've had people tell me that rideshare is dead. It's going to be delivery and like, uh, you know, corner shop and Instacart and those delivery services from stores. And now you can get your medicines delivered and that's the future. I honestly believe that rideshare is coming back people. It's a world thing. And, uh, I know there's still cabs out there, but 
rideshare will come back. It's just, I think to get all the good drivers back and stuff, they need to have a price increase of something. No, we all would agree with me on that. If you don't, I don't know what you're doing, doing rideshare. We all want a price increase, but I think they're going to find themselves in a position where they have to, yeah. because they're going to say, you know, September 6th is going to roll around. PUA is going to end. And they're going to say, crap, the amount of drivers that we wanted did not come back on the platform. Now what? And they already blew their 250 million on the driver campaign that really kind of was just a waste of money. I know some people who did it and did well from it, um, but it was offered way too early. That money should have been waited for September 1st as PUA was going to end and then advertise it as a big incentive to come back on or, you know, getting the ride up to, you know, take away the minutes price and get the rides up to a dollar a mile and take away our time, you know, something like that, because I feel a lot better if I'm driving for it. I'd rather drive for a dollar a mile than 62 cents and the minute fee. Yep. You know, I'd rather just have a straight dollar a mile and know that. Um, but Kelly, uh, I really want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you even more for sending me that email because it was coming at a time I was pulling out my hair saying, why is there no driver? And I, I didn't want somebody to lie, but yeah. why is there no driver telling me that I'm wrong? <laughs> yeah, I'm not wrong, but there are markets that are, are doing okay. Philadelphia seems to be good. So, Well, right. I mean, best of luck to you, man. I'm glad it's going well. I'm glad that Uber fixed that for you. I mean, this is... What a week for this guy, man. So audience, you know, feel for this guy. And, and remember this story. This is a five-year driver who basically got kicked off the platform for a couple of days, you know, and had to really kind of scuffle, call a lawyer, do this, that, the other, to find out it was just an accident yep. or whatever right. happened. But Kenneth, uh, Kelly, thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Take care. Right. Yep. Bye. Goodbye. All right, folks. You heard it here. Um you know, a couple times on the podcast, I've said that a lot, you know, that most markets aren't paying more right now to drivers during uh, this time of, you know, a need, a shortage of drivers. Um, and coming out of this pandemic, they're just very busy drivers who make are making more because they don't have any downtime. So, um, which is a nicer way to work, by the way, like as a rideshare driver myself, I always preferred to, I'd, I'd prefer to be busy the whole time that I worked. I don't want downtime because um, downtime feels like triple the time too. But, you know, he came up, he, he sent me a very long email. He said that, you know, in his market, Philadelphia, um, at his rate card, um, even on UberX, that he was making more. And, um, you know, if any of you doubted that, you know, maybe he's just, you know, saying that, I think that it was a pretty much an eye opener because I had hooked him up prior with uh, just, you know, right after we were going to do this with legal rideshare, they got back to him and uh, said that, you know, they didn't think that that was something they could win. And then Uber got back to them or to him and said that, or, you know, that it was a mistake or whatever. So, I mean, he wasn't super praising Uber. In fact, you know, he was when we did this, he was pretty upset because that we actually recorded this on the day that he was, uh, incorrectly deactivated. So, and that's another issue we will hit on another, uh, another week. So for now, go enjoy your weekend, people. Um, what are you doing listening to this? Just kidding. <laughs> Always listen to this. 
always listen to the rideshare rodeo people. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, go on out of here, get a good weekend in, and uh, I will see you back here, as always, on the normal Tuesday drop for the Rideshare Rodeo. All right? We'll see you in a few days. Peace! Peace!